Butas Network. Hi, this is Devin Trek with the Freebooters Network. Today we bring you another episode of the Nerd Herders. We hope you enjoy the show. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. I know they're all thinking I'm so white and nerdy. Think I'm just too white and nerdy. Think I'm just too white and nerdy. Can't you see I'm white and nerdy? Look at me, I'm white and nerdy. We are. We are. We are. The Nerd Herders. Who's scruffy looking? Hello and welcome uh, to episode 126 of the Nerd Herders. Uh, I'm Andrew Howard. Tonight I'm joined by a smaller crew, but a no less important crew, Dave Farr. How are you doing tonight, Dave? I'm great. I'm Dave Farr. <laughs> it's good to know who you are. I'm also joined by Ian Clark. How are you doing tonight, Ian? I'm good. Not. I would be better if I was Dave Farr, but I, I do the best with what I have. Yeah, that's true. I think the world can only handle one day far at a time, though. If uh, that many. Yeah, like even even across the multiverses, just one. Just one. <laughs> it's just true. One. I like it. Yeah. So tonight we are doing our best of. Uh, this is kind of a recurring theme that we do each year towards the end of uh, end of the year. We like to look back and think about some of what we've been doing throughout the year. Uh, try to find what our favorite. Uh, was across uh, some of the topics that we usually cover uh, in this podcast, whether it be books and movies. Uh, I did skip over comics because I think that might get handled uh, in another uh, excellent podcast, Hero Man and Psychic Boy. But uh, I thought it'd be fun to go through that. We are a little uh, a little tight knit group tonight, uh, so I think that should make it fun. Um, one of the things I was thinking about too is as we go through these things, we might be able to have a little bit more time to have some also mentions uh, in here as well. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, but before we jump into our best of uh, 2019, uh, we could do a, a quick uh, look at what we've been doing uh, over the last couple of weeks since we last recorded uh, as part of Roll Call. All wings report in. Red leader standing by. Gray leader standing by. Green leader standing by. Luck as falls and attack positions. All right, Ian. Um, let's see. What was your kind of top thing this month, uh, hobby-wise, game-wise, entertainment-wise, that you want to talk about? Uh, let's see. We've been playing Warcry quite a bit, the Games Workshop uh, skirmish game that's set in their Age of Sigmar setting. And, boy, I think over the last month, I was going to say I hadn't played 40K, but I did get in part of a game with uh, Rich a couple weeks ago, but uh, we had to stop because then it was time for uh, D&D or a movie or something. I can't remember what, what I had to go to, but so we got part of a game in. So, But other than that, I haven't played much Age of Sigmar, but I've been doing a lot of modeling stuff. But Warcry, because of the nature of the game, the, the games play very quickly. Setup actually takes... <laughs> a decent chunk of the actual time because you have very specific ways that the train is set up and there are certain ways that your war band is organized and you've got to split it up into three segments. And uh, 
So so that part takes a little bit, but the actual gameplay goes pretty quick, so much so that um, Justin and I played last week, I think we played two games within probably 40 minutes. So uh, so that one's been fun, and I like the small... I've always liked skirmish games. I, th- I think all of us really like skirmish games, and this one is scratching that itch nicely and has a, a really fun mechanic for uh initiative and also using your abilities and everything by uh rolling a bunch of dice and then doubles and triples and things you can use to to do certain things so warcry has been the the one that i've been playing the most uh over the last month and played probably four or five games now and uh, yeah i'm having fun with that so it's so funny you guys were playing that night before uh D D, so last month's uh D D session. Um so I went on to GW's website, try to take a look at it. Um because I have I, I did have kind of an an inkling to have a some type of Sigmar um or Warcry army, and I I do kind of like the orcs, but um you can't actually get the Warcry cards for orcs anymore. Meaning, they're yeah, a lot of them are a little tough to find. Meaning, yeah, the, meaning the, there's they're not available on GW's website, uh, and most stores don't have them. And unless I wanted to pay a premium through Amazon, um, that was the only way to get it. So I was like, nope, I'm out. I had to pay a little extra for the Stormcast Eternal ones because they were the same thing. But I ended up, I think they retail for twelve, and I think I only paid like eighteen for mine. So. Yeah, these were these were in the 30s, I think. Oh wow! Did you it, check eBay or just Amazon? People jack both. prices up on Amazon. Oh okay. Yeah, There's it was some both ridiculous stuff on Amazon. You can't because GW's not not making them right now. Yeah, which I'm is a sure weird. More. I know, but it's so weird because they're it's it's one of those they're listed on their army, but. Yeah, it's strange how they handle like GW does such a great job with a lot of things now, but stuff like this is very. It makes you scratch your head because it's like this is a a game that just came out that they're trying to support, and I know they want people to buy the new warbands, but at the same time, just getting people to play with existing Age of Sigmar stuff should be a big priority for them, and and yet a lot of those are tough to find. I think the so Justin plays the the Gits, the Gloomspire Gits, who you know he he had to get their cards too. And they're another one that's not one of the Chaos Warbands. And I think he, he ended up, I think, getting them in the, the gets that he bought. But I think if he was trying to get it, it'd be the same situation that you're looking at, Andy, where they're they're not in print for whatever reason and they're way overpriced on the secondary market. So what's yeah. really funny is when I was cleaning up my basement, I thought of that. I, I was like, oh, I'll play the same one as Justin because I realized last year at Adepticon I got the Gloomspire gets um, – that other game that involves the cards. Um, oh, Shadespire? Shadespire, yeah. yeah. So it's basically uh, what I would need for a little warband for Warcry in that box. But again, I couldn't easily get the cards. I'm like, nope, I'm out. Yeah, it's, yeah. it is a little strange. So I'm, I'm hoping that they'll print them again. I mean, it doesn't make any sense for them not to. Uh, right. So hopefully they'll be available again soon. It's a fun little game. Yeah, so you said you were playing which faction? Uh, I'm playing... Well, I I bought the Stormcast and um, 
also within that time, I played a game of Age of Sigmar against Justin because he wanted to try it out because he has the, the gits now. So we played Age of Sigmar and I tried out my Stormcast Eternals and I do not like them. I, I They have a very Adeptus Custodes vibe for me from 40k, which is an army that I played maybe maybe 8 to 10 games with. And I just didn't like how feast or famine they were. I would either win easily or get tabled. And I think the I think the uh, Stormcast Eternals are, are very similar. So I played a game with them in Warcry, and they they were fine. But I'm I'm building a Legion of Nagash undead army, so that's what I've been playing for Warcry is uh, uh, Legion of Nagash. Cool. How about you, Dave? Uh, what's your kind of big item for the last month? Well, I'll briefly tack on to Ian and say. Um, I've been having fun with Warcry. I got a faction called Iron Golems, which were so that was kind of like my dip my toe in because uh, Greg had bought the starter box, so he sent, he sold me the other little faction that he didn't want, and I played and had a good time. So I picked up a train set. Um, I bought a set of the battle cards off of eBay for like eleven bucks, and um, I just bought a second Iron Golem warband off ebay for 22 bucks <laughs> so i was like what, why did you buy another one would, it, because you can mix and match oh so okay i i, I understand yeah because it's yeah your things cost your your troops cost x amount um so yeah you could um yeah so it just gives you a little bit of flexibility, flexibility and, yeah. and um I, I don't know how much i'll use it but i actually i wasn't intending to do it but of course you're sitting around at night looking at ebay and i pulled up and I saw like a faction for super cheap already put together, already primed white. I was like, eh, I'll, I'll put an offer in and they took my offer. So I figured what the hell. Um, nice. Yeah. So that's been really fun. The, the thing that I really wanted to mention though, is that I got my, finally got us my God tier, which is the steam forged game. Um, kind of bad timing because Warcry has really taken off. Uh, but I painted, started to paint for the factions and hoping to get that on the table at some point it seems like kind of a uh fun you know it's really kind of set to be a two-player game but the models look, look really cool so they're uh, they're a mix of like 75 millimeter uh champions and more traditional maybe 28 to 32 millimeter uh minions um but hopefully I can talk you guys into giving that a shot once I put some paint on them. Possibly. Will, yeah, I'll give it a try. Uh, Andy, I want you to go, but there is a, uh, something I want to talk about, uh, too, before we're done real quick. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. I just want to mention the Clark Cup. We had the uh, annual bubble hockey tournament yeah. yesterday. Uh, and uh, my older son, Kaiden, won. Uh, that's his third time winning. He had a very impressive day. He completed... Pool play five and zero, oh, and then went undefeated through the semifinals and the finals, defeating me in the finals. Uh, so we went nine and zero oh for the day to uh, to uh, to claim the cup again. And uh, yeah, Dave, uh, who who has had a, a very strong showing in past years, had a, had a bit of a rough day yesterday, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, it was crap. Yeah, yeah no, I had my uh, my niece's uh, first birthday party, so that was uh, unable to attend the event this year, but. I'm um, glad it went well. I'm glad Ryan was unseated so we can make better schedules for uh when we uh when we play. 
<laughs> he, uh, yeah, Ryan, Ryan, he had a good game as well. He played me in the semifinals, and I was able to beat him. Dave, you finishing up your, your cereal? Yeah, I was trying to be quiet. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Ryan ended up in the semifinals against me, and I was able to knock him off. We had very, uh, very good games. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, it was fun. And, oh, the, so the, People were playing. This is just non sequitur, but I'm I'm kind of giving Dave information because he was here. So the main cabinet was up and running, but um, there's there's frequently issues when I have other people here playing the cabinet where it gets knocked into like a different mode, and um, like I can't get it back. And so Ryan was able to help me figure out first that it's it's the themes that I need to change, and then today when I was messing around with it, I figured out that when you're in like searching through the games, if somebody hits left or right on the second player, the blue joystick, it knocks it into a different theme. So, so that was a huge revelation for me to be able to, to not only set up the cabinet now in a in a theme that I really like that shows um when you cycle through now it shows like the game with its marquee like font and you know like what it looked like on the top of the marquee on the cabinet and then it's got like a screen that shows either some some action from the game or the opening screen and then on the right side it's got information like when it was published and and a whole bunch of stuff like that so so it ended up being good that um people uh playing it yesterday were having issues and messing stuff up because it made me actually look into it and and fix it so so now uh, yeah that was a huge thing to figure out for the game so should be good for next time dave Nice. Yay. Yeah. So, so mine isn't necessarily game related. It's more kind of general uh, hobby related. But I've been calling out to contractors to try to uh, finish off my basement. Um, so I knew as part of that, that I needed to kind of clean up the basement. Um, so I tried to organize a lot of stuff. So I laid out all the 40K models that I currently have assembled uh, and ready to paint um, so I can now just grab those. But before I started work on them, I wanted to uh, start painting some of my Dwarven Forge. So I have been... It's it's a lot. Even using the airbrush, like it's still... Because I only get an hour or two here and there like going through because i'm doing the basically the town so it's uh, each piece has some wooden cross beams and then stucco color so but i have let's see there were five stacks of five walls uh and then i think there were five more stacks of windows and then 10 doors and then probably a hundred corner pieces, and then another twenty sets of twenty pieces of floor. So yeah, so um, my goal is to kind of just keep working at that. But I'm re- really excited to try to get that kind of set, um, you know, and finally painted. Um, but that's just that's just the wooden houses. I have stone houses. <laughs> then I have a castle. You bought then, so much. Yeah, and then I have. And then I have some other stuff as well. So, yeah, it's a uh, it's a big project, but uh, I'm working on it. So, I'm having fun with it, and hopefully, eventually. So, by this time next year, there'll be you know a giant a giant town, castle, uh, dungeon, and uh, sewer. That's awesome. Then we can play one big all day thing that encompasses all of it. Yeah, exactly. A yeah. month long. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We'll just move in. Um, <laughs> yeah, the speaking of the Dwarven Forge stuff, I received, I didn't get much out of their last Kickstarter. I just got some odds and ends that go with the things that I already had, like like doors and, and other accessories. Um, but I did finally get that, so it's made me kind of want to go through and, and take a look at what I haven't painted yet. I don't have a ton that I haven't painted, but mostly some newer stuff and accessories from even the last Kickstarter. So I need to go through and, and get all my stuff um, so that it all matches up. Um, but yeah, it's 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 such nice stuff, but it's it's you know it is there's work involved not only with if you get the unpainted but then just even setting it up and everything is is a little bit of a you know a project i did uh a couple things for that kickstarter i um not, not a couple things just a, a couple pieces but the same thing they're uh they're metal trays um i thought they were going to be i don't know I think a lot of their new pieces have magnets on the bottom, which is the idea, and my stuff yeah. doesn't. Um, but they're still heavy trays, so it would be nice. I, it's enough to set up like a couple small buildings on, but be able to pick it up and put it down so I could have some stuff preassembled, basically. Um, you know what I have, though? I, I have um, – I bought like sheet – they're like sheets of paper, but they're magnets. So or like – Yep. Yeah, paper-sized magnets, but they're sticky. So I, I don't know if you could just like cut those with a paper cutter and get those into those little notches underneath. If that would give you any, yeah, are money. they? How strong are those magnets? Because I have some of the, those too, Dave. But they don't. The magnets themselves don't seem super strong. Well, they're not super strong. Like I use them under my heavy weapon bases um, to hold my heavy weapon teams, but. I mean, like you couldn't hold them upside down, but you could pick them up off a table and move them onto an RPG table and it would give them. Well, I think, yeah, because I think the idea is that I could move that thing and it wouldn't slide around. I don't need it yeah. to be like like heavy duty. I just need it to not kind of slide so I could have it off to the side where nobody could see it and then pick it up and put it put it yeah. up on the table. Like I wouldn't ship anything with it. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll bring you a sheet because I, I think I've got like 15. I bought like this whole auction deal one day. I'll. I'll yeah. take it out. Yeah, yeah, because I've got a I've got a really good paper cutter, um, so I can chop right through that stuff. So that'd be cool. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. cool. All right, so uh, it sounds like we've all been having fun. Um, I'm yeah, sure fun. Justin and Matt probably were too, but um, not as much fun as us. Um, all right, so that wraps up roll call, and we'll move on to our main segment in the Thunderdome. Currently. Humanity looks to the internet for its information. We have stood at the edge of despair and would have fallen. If not for awesome podcasts and their content of everything we love. Now these podcasts are all brought together in one place. Forged in like-mindedness, tempered with a community-oriented forum, covering all things geek, such as wargaming, board gaming, comics, movies, and more. Presenting a lineup of podcasts producing exclusive content for the fans. The Freebooters Network. Trolls want to steal our community. Let them try. Under them simple. Get to the weapons, use them any way you can. I know you won't break the rules. There aren't any. <laughs> All right, welcome to Thunderdome. 
Uh, tonight we are doing the best of 2019, our kind of annual year in review. Uh, I asked the guys to kind of go through um, a, a list, books, TV shows, movies, board games, video games, tabletop games and RPGs, to try to write down kind of what their favorite was for this year. You know, I don't really expect it to be new. Uh, it doesn't have to be new things. It just has to be kind of what their favorite was. Um, I also thought of we, as we were going through here, if we hit up on some of um, things that might be tangential to some of these uh, topics as well, uh, like with RPGs, maybe kind of supplements and stuff like that as well. Um, other things that might touch on them as well. But uh, we could do that as we could go through. But I'm always excited about this. I know we hear about some of these when we kind of do our roll calls throughout the year, but this gives us a little bit more of a chance to kind of dive into these. Um, so I'm going to start right down the list here um, with books. Um, I'm going to start with you, Dave. Um, it, I like your topic I, or your choice. This is something I actually I've read as well. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your choice? Well, my choice is, as I pull up the Excel spreadsheet to remember, um, was a book called Old Man's War. And what's interesting is um, actually was looking through Audible and I've seen it before and I confused it with another book, which I was trying to find today. Um, I think it was called like The Never Ending War or The Long War. but It was, uh, it was Old Man's Wart. It was actually like a skincare how-to. Yes, that was it. And I was like, I've already read that. Um, but there was another book I read where it's like the soldiers get onto a ship and th because they're flying faster than light, they live for like 700 years um, as society like changes. So every time, you know, they land at a new base. Oh, it's called the Forever War. The Forever um, War. I've read that one, too. Yeah. And I, and I was like, I already read this. And then. But I'm like, why isn't this showing in my – like I thought Audible geeked out and then I read it and I'm like, oh, this is different. And um, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. The whole concept is that like Earth is kind of as it is today except that we've expanded into the stars. But the um, the Colonial Defense Force, which is – you know, think of them as like – the star trek right so they're the federation out there protecting all the planets they don't kind of share a ton of information and when on earth you reach the age of 75 you can go join the colonial defense force and they make you young again and then you get to go fight for them and it was just uh it was it, i like science fiction that is different than anything i've read before and they had some really cool new concepts some new ways of doing things it wasn't like, uh, it was very beachy read, like beach read to me, I think like it was very simple. There wasn't anything too over the top. Um, and, uh, and I just, I really did enjoy it, but I, uh, this year was a great year for books. I, I went back and read a bunch of, uh, I reread a bunch of things, but that was one of the few new things that I read. Um, I'll give a, a, a nomination to we are Legion. We are Bob, which I think I've talked about on, on the show before that was another really novel cool concept um but yeah i don't know i love audible i wish i had five credits a month i read that whole we are legion we are bob series um that was really good um i read old man's war um you know he also did uh red shirts as well um, oh really yeah so and that's that one where it's um doing the 
well, the, the Star Trek, basically why, what happens with those kind of redshirt characters and then kind of realizing that they're in, that, that something's wrong, that yeah. why, why does a redshirt kind of go down every time uh, that they go down. But yeah, I like, so that old man's war too, there's a whole series um, that it goes into as well. Like there's, there's a, there's more, um, I, I didn't read the other ones. Um, there's like last colony and Zoe's tale. Who's the, who's his kind of wife in that one, I think. Um, oh, okay. But just like you, Dave, I get that in forever war confused every time. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I really did. I was like, I've already read all these, but yeah. right, right. Um, they have a hey. very. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, sorry. I just want to jump in because I I saw something that I thought was interesting. Speaking of the red shirts, did you guys see that there was like somebody that went through and analyzed in all the original Star Trek um, the death percentage by shirt color, um, just to kind of prove or disprove the red shirt thing? Did you guys see that? No, I have. I've I've heard that before. I don't remember. Yeah, so so what they found was that the number of red shirt crewmen that died is the highest number, but percentage wise, it's not the highest number. I can't remember if it was like yellow or blue, or but one of the other ones had a higher percentage of deaths per um, shirt color that went down to the planet. <laughs> so right, well, because that makes sense though, because you're sending the security guys down to the planet every time. Like so, that security was red. Were I they think. though? I I I never thought there was any rhyme or reason because sometimes Kirk would there wear yellow was. or green or uh, I don't know because it was gold. Security was gold when it was Tasha. Yeah, but I'm that's, talking original. That's, I'm talking yeah. original series. Yeah, that's not the original. Who cares about that? <laughs> Next generation was the only real Star Trek. That's um. Wow. That's pretty original. Um, rank and insignia. All right. Um, trying to see what this says. Uh, I thought it was. I thought it meant. Because like like Spock always wears blue. Um, but I, right. th- I think Bones wears blue or red. Like Kirk wears yellow mostly, but sometimes it's green. Um, All right. So here I, we go. I didn't know if there was uh, any official rhyme or reason within the show, like consistency. Oh, well, there's definitely no rhyme. I've there is. I can't <laughs> find a rhyme. Yeah, I got it to rhyme. Ready? Here we go. Because on the command deck, they wear gold. Oh, no, I'm not, that's about where all we're going for. Yeah, so oh, command and helm so personnel wear, wear gold. Uh, engineering and security wear red. Science and medical wear blue. Um, all with black collars and undershirts. So that was during the the original, original series. series. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then later in the series, gold was canonized in dialogue. Um so basically, gold—the only one that actually was canon was gold, like actually in show talked about. Yeah, right. But apparently, somebody wears green at one point too. Yeah, Kirk. So. I, I Kirk wears green sometimes. Yeah. 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 All right. Sorry, a little diverge. I found that interesting. That somebody no, that's went fine. through yeah, it yeah, yeah. and did that. Yeah. So Ian, did you have it? So that was your tangential for books. <laughs> that audio. was my books. We, we had, you, you're no longer reading. I don't know what happened this year. I could not think think of a single book. I reread some things, but I didn't really want to count that, and I I couldn't no, think of any. Anything... You could totally count that. Well, I reread Empire of Imagination before the D and D tour, which uh, yeah, which I yeah. enjoyed. But but I will say I found in cleaning up down here in the basement where I am currently located, uh, I have a big bookshelf, and I was cleaning stuff up and organizing, and I found a whole bunch of BattleTech. 
paperbacks that I had picked up for cheap at a uh, at a used bookstore. And obviously, I like BattleTech and I like that world. But I remember I remember our uh, friend Craig saying that he he actually really likes those books. So um, I picked up a, I had like five of them, and uh, I noticed uh, one of them was like House, House Steiner, which is what uh, Justin plays in BattleTech. So um, I'm going to lend him that one, and I'm going to try because they look like super light, easy you know, no brainer type of reading, not anything that's not being derogatory. It's just, you know what I mean? It's that light, like Dave said, the beach reads it's a, so yeah, I'm going to give those a try. So So empire of imagination, is that the one that's kind of told like it has different um, perspectives? Yeah. It's a storytelling type of one where it tries to recreate conversations. Yeah. But it's also, if you ask the TSR people and like Ernie Gygax, that's the the most accurate one according to them. Um, Which so. members of TSR? Because I've read some other things that said it wasn't the most accurate picture because it gives it gives Gary a little more credit or it gives well, him all the credit. <laughs> right, that gets into the whole you know Harness and Gygax yeah. thing, which which you know um, you know that's not anything that can ever really honestly be be settled how much you know each of them is responsible for but um but among, like yeah time travel could do it but um yeah we'll make a quick stop on the way back to kill baby hitler uh to uh to see who had more uh, influence in early D arneson or gygax well, let's be honest we're gonna do it when he's like 16 because nobody wants to kill a baby that's just... yeah that's a good point it's it, a good it'd point. be much easier to kill him during world war one um all right. So for my book, um, I know I mentioned this during the year, but the the Broken Earth uh, series. Um, this is it, this is an interesting kind of. It's a it's a far future Earth. Um, there's been kind of a, a catastrophe, um, but it's science is it. They always say that you know science and magic are indistinguishable from each other. You know, if you if you get science far enough in advance. Um, it'll look like magic. Uh, so this is um, a story that's set far enough in our future that there are some things that appear to be kind of um, magical uh, in nature. And there was a kind of a disaster that changed the, the earth for for the worst. Um, and they're basically trying to get the earth back to the way it was um, with this story. But it's nice. Um, so it's it has a fantasy element to it, but all the fantasy is based on science uh, in the end. Uh, so it's a it's a fun it's a fun book. She won the Hugo and the Nebula for I think at least two of them, um, but it's it, it's a great audible book to be able to listen to. Um, the the well, it's kind of like magic, but it's very similar to uh, some of the alchemy stuff that was in um, that other series, Dave. That now I'm blanking on. Um, Oh, I, I know what you're talking about the metal. Uh, yeah, the yeah. Why yeah can't I can't think of it either. Yeah. Wow, this is why you don't record at eight thirty on a Sunday. Um, <laughs> but again, that was that was a fun read. I'm still because I still try to go back. I'm still trying to conquer all like the Hugo and Nebula award winning ones. Um, and then looking at my list of all the books I listened to this year, that was the biggest. I, I definitely second place though um, was one that I just listened to. Eisenhorn, um, oh. man, that one was fun. I just listened to the first two. I have to listen to the third one. Yeah, I, mean, I have them. I have the 
second one too. I think I have the third one as well. But yeah, I just listened to Eisenhorn. Like, what a great, what a like a, a better. Because I'm also listening to the Horus Heresy series, which I like, but I just Space Marines bore me after a while from a storytelling standpoint. Because um, they're Space Marines, like what's what, what's going to stop a Space Marine? But when you have like you An have Inquisitor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Oh, of... that's about that's the biggest in joke we've ever had on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, off a of ziggurat. Um, the book was called The Well of Ascension, and I still can't remember what the Lord Ruler. But that was another one where it was <sighs> Mistborn. Yes, the Mistborn series. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Yeah, so those were my books uh, for this year, um, and I've uh, definitely Audible is one of the best things. I have three credits a month, um, and really? some months, yeah. So but I've jealous. but I've also been Dave. I've been an Audible member for probably fifteen years. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing it for really like once I started traveling for work. That was one of the first things I did. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I remember the original iPod. The big heavy thing I used to listen. That was one of the first things I did. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, so that takes us into our next category: TV shows. I'm going to start with you first, Ian, because I actually had to. It's funny; is I had no idea when you put it in the abbreviation into the Excel spreadsheet. But if you search on that, it comes right up. Oh, sure, because nobody's going to type the whole thing out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah my pick. Um, I I knew someone would talk about. Uh, you know, another show that is uh, super popular and I am enjoying a ton. So I went with one that I've already talked about when we did our uh, kind of catch-up show a couple months ago when we came back. But that's What We Do in the Shadows, which is a comedy mockumentary about vampires living uh, on Staten Island on FXX. And uh, I can't say enough about it. It is super funny, very well-written. Very uh, clever humor as far as what they do with vampire tropes. The cast, I think, is fantastic. And I've watched each of the first ten episodes of the first season. I've watched each of them probably a minimum of three times. Some of them probably as many as five or six times because I just uh, I just think it's hilarious. I love the characters. I think the cast is fantastic. And uh, I would absolutely recommend people check out what we do in the shadows. Yeah, that's one where I really want to. I just finding it on a service that I own uh, without paying for it has been a little more difficult. Yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful because you don't have Hulu. I do. It's on Hulu. That's where Are I you watch sure? it. I have huh. Hulu Live, so yeah, I don't yeah it's know not how on. Yeah, that... yeah, but no, it's not on regular Hulu. You sure? Because well, I'm I'm guessing it will be at some point because once they get into the second season, they'll want you know people to to be able to catch up so i'm i'm assuming you'll be able to watch it on there at some point i'm hoping yeah it's great so dave i'm really curious about the the first part of your two-parter here i think i know what that is but let's see i know what it is but i'm surprised um yeah so um i am a huge fan of uh nathan fillion and he did a show called the rookie where um, a carpenter tradesman gets divorced, moves to L.A., and becomes a cop, and it's Nathan Fillion at his cheesy best. Um, it's just a fun show. I, I don't know. Literally, like, Nathan Fillion could do a 
dance mom reality show and i'd probably watch it probably enjoy I it i was gonna say i don't think there's any probably <laughs> yeah yeah um well i guess i would definitely watch it i, I just think i would <laughs> right. enjoy it um but it's you know i mean it's funny like it's it's the classic cheesy tv show where so i think he's been on the force for a year now and it's in the third season and it's already he, the third season uh, it's definitely the second, maybe the third. I don't know. I mean, I can't. Who can tell anymore with TV shows? But, um, but like so far, his house has been broken into twice. He's pulled his gun and fired it at least thirty times. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's uh, he was guarding a prison bus that you know, um, you know where where it fell over. His girlfriend's been kidnapped. His uh, his sergeant has been you know shot and killed. Like it's just. It's just one of those shows where literally everything like, oh, he's got jury duty, but he's not on cop duty. He's just on jury duty. And oh, my God, a serial killer breaks out. It's just like it's just nothing believable about it, Um, but it's just fun. And it's the show like whenever it comes on, I'm like, oh, Shannon, let's sit down and watch it because I just really enjoy it. It's only got two seasons so far, but that's. (laughs) Yeah, but it packs a punch. I was going to say they must have done so much in that that Dave thinks it's up to three. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Um, I did like his um, mystery writer one, Castle. Castle, but I'm a I'm a sucker for like like detective stuff. Anyhow, like that's yeah, that was those were unbelievable. Come on, yeah. um, wasn't, wasn't that um, one essentially murder? He wrote. Oh yes, yeah, it was one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, younger murder. He wrote. Uh, Do you know they just published the fiftieth murder? He wrote except it was a she but anyway um big news <laughs> not the reaction i was hoping for so, you guys would be more excited yeah, yeah. sunday night at 8 30 yeah um Almost that's night. big news 50 can you imagine you should sit down and read all those um all right other one is the mandalorian it's only a few shows in but it's just really good it's really good so I did not watch this week's, but I'm, I'm, I'm caught up up until this week. If yeah. this week's doesn't make you excited about the Star Wars RPG one-off that I want to do, then then you're dead inside. Because this is literally what I want to do, is, is what this show was. So, yeah. Um, and I, I, for the most part, this show, I, I, people find anything to complain about today but i i think the uh enjoyment level and like the positivity around this show is like super high you know i i think people are are pretty much universally happy with it the only person i know of who's complained about it is muse who uh he's been calling it the um uh blandalorian i'm trying to think of some of the zingers he's had but <laughs> that's it, funny it, yeah, it was. Uh, I I can't even remember some of the other ones, but it culminated in him today sending me a screenshot of him with the with a screenshot of his TV, which says, "Are you sure you want to delete Disney Plus?" <laughs> so apparently, he's not even going to bother to watch the end of the the uh, the season. So I tried I tried talking to him at Rich's thing the other day too about it, and I, I was like, "Did you not like the Good, the Bad, the Ugly? Did you not like like?" Like any westerns as a kid, like because you, if you look at this show, if you said that it was not in Star Wars, right? It is 
it is such cowboy space. Like it is, it's got to be t- scratching the itch for people that loved Firefly, um, like people that liked westerns, and then people that like Star Wars. Like, come on, the Mandalorian ship looks like Firefly. Like, it does, and Baby Yoda. I mean, you can't can't go wrong there. The Baby Yoda is the the greatest marketing gimmick uh, I've ever seen. I like I like the idea of Baby Yoda, but the fact that you can have an opening sequence that has no talking and still like is extremely like engaging, that's fantastic. Like you 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 have huge sequences where nobody's talking. I love it. Yeah, I think, and- but I was really mad when I first saw. I was like, what is this stupid thing? But I have been converted. Oh, yeah. He's he's adorable. And I know uh, some people get uptight about, oh, it's not your baby Yoda. We don't know Yoda's species. We This thing doesn't have a name. The only the If we say baby Yoda, you know what we're talking about. We all know it's not actually Yoda as a baby. But yeah, it is. It's time travel. <laughs> yeah, it's time travel and shit. Um but I, one thing I will say too that ties into the whole Western thing is the I find the music to be fantastic. It's it's almost not Star Warsy, but it kind of is. But it also has that Western feel to it. I think the I think the uh, original score for it has been has been super, like really really good. Yeah, I think it's yeah. great. I I love it. I love. There's tons of cameos this week's had has Bill Burr and. Um, uh, a few other people that are in makeup, so you won't necessarily recognize them. Um, I won't won't spoil anything. But Dave, do you know you watched Game of Thrones? Yes, Dave. Uh, uh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> All right. Never mind. This is going nowhere. But because um, there was there was a, a minor character on Game of Thrones who she played the uh, the Twi'lek uh, chick in the crew this week. Um, actually, and she was in the Harry Potter movies too. Um, but um, oh, yeah. anyway, they've Earth. had a ton. Of, yeah, Natalie Tenna is her name. Um, they've had a ton of uh, like like guest star type people. Like Amy Sedaris was on, and first episode had Horatio Sands and uh, Brian Posehn. They've been using a lot of comedians, which is interesting. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm I I absolutely love it. Um, I think it's I think it's great. I think it's it's exactly what I would want it to be like, like Andy was saying, it's, it's a Western it's, but it's, it's still good star Wars stuff. And it's, uh, it's just, it's just fun. I just really, really like it. Cool. Cool. Um, sorry, I, I that was one of Dave's picks. I don't know if Dave wanted no, to. No, no, no. That's the idea. Yeah. No, I'm fine. <laughs> so I picked, um, the other big, uh, uh, one, I think, from HBO uh, this season, which is The Watchmen. Um, now, have you guys watched that at all? No, I actually. have not. But Greg has been practically threatening to come to my house and like pry my eyelids open, Clockwork Orange style, to make me watch this show. Um, and it's probably something that maybe, maybe when the season's done, maybe I'll do the free trial of HBO for a month and, and binge it. But I'm I'm hearing that it's incredible. It is. <laughs> It is so detailed. Like, it's more detailed than any show I've watched in a long time. Like, it is one where I have to, the the day after I watch it, go and say, okay, what are all the Easter eggs I missed? Because it's it's that detailed at times. To the point where if I don't kind of stop and 
take a look at what I just watched, I'll I know I missed something. Um, Westworld was like that for me too. Yeah, I'm mad because I didn't realize last week there was uh, a post credit scene that was huge, uh, which. Like when I went to watch this, the the Easter egg breakdown, they were like, "Okay, this is all the things that you, that you missed in the post credit um, scene." I was like, "Wait, I missed the entire post credit scene." <laughs> so, but yeah, it's fantastic. Um, I do think you really need to have read the Watchmen comic for it to make sense, um, and that's I would say that's its biggest criticism is if you haven't watched. If you haven't read the comic, you're gonna have a hard time with the show. But since that's one of the more yeah, famous comics that's out yeah. there, like yeah, yeah. Is it just a retelling or a no, fourth? no, no? It's it's a couple of years. It's basically set in our time. So the um, the Watchmen takes place in I think it's eighty seven. Um, that's when that's written, and now this is taking place in our time. So it's what happened in that interview. Like it's. There's a little backstory of what happened in that intervening time and stuff, and now there's new things that are are happening uh, with some. And it's it's got some of the main characters. It's got Ozymandias. It's it's got Doctor Manhattan. It's got the Silk Spectre, um, but it also has um, some of the tertiary characters who were mentioned, like Hooded Justice. Um, there are new characters uh, as well. Um, there are there are Easter eggs to like a, a lot of different. Things. So I totally forgot this. I went back and reread the comic, but it, part of that, um, the Watchmen is so um, Doctor Manhattan goes to Vietnam and basically defeats Vietnam, and we make it a state. So Vietnam becomes a a, a territory of the United States. It becomes one of our states. And so there's a that plays a big element in this because one of the characters is actually raised or b- born and raised for a short period of time in Vietnam. But it's Vietnam as though it was an American state. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I definitely want to check it out because I'm, I'm not hearing nothing but good things about it. Yeah, yeah. so that's been super fun. Um, the last episode, I think, is tonight. Yeah. yeah. So I'll probably watch that this week. Nice. Um, all right, let's uh, let's keep it moving here. I'm really interested in hearing about Dave's movie picks. I, again, I saw the trailers for these, uh, but I didn't see these movies, so I'm I, I want to hear a little bit more about this, Dave. Yeah, I kind of went off the beaten path. Um, I, I so I, I googled 2019 movies and just kind of <laughs> whipped through them, and I was like, oh, these movies like jumped out at me. Um, so the first one is called. I am mother and I'm going to pull it up again just so I can kind of remember it a little bit better, but it, so it is, um, another kind of classic trash sci-fi, I think Netflix only movie. Um, it has Hillary Swank. It's very dark dystopian future. And, um, the whole idea is, so you've got this girl and she seems to be living this very idyllic life, but her only interaction is with this robot mother figure. And throughout the story, you're you're kind of brought back and forth to um, is the robot good or bad? Are humans good or bad? 
and it's an interesting movie. It's got some action, um, but it also has that like deeper layer that you kind of walk away from it going, huh? Like, and I don't know. I mean, I I don't know that the movie is very definitive in saying one is good and one is bad. It's kind of just like, oh, this is an interesting future that we're going to be facing. Like, who's better, a thoughtless robot or human beings? (laughs) That's cool. Interesting. But it's on Netflix. I mean, again, it was free. I think I popped it on one night and at the end, I think my father-in-law and I watched it and I was like, oh my gosh, like, like that was really cool. Um, so your other one is another one. This looked like a Shannon pick, but it is one hundred percent. So actually, though, it's funny about this one. So this one's called Ready or Not, and Shannon comes home, and I've been playing a lot of video. It games says that to you, Ready or Not, Dave. Yeah, she's like Ready or Not. Um, like not, not, no. Um, so. <laughs> She's like, I got a horror movie because I know you've been playing video games, so you're welcome to watch it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not watching a horror. And she's like, well, it's not like real horror. It's kind of like like a little slapstick kind of funny horror. And I was like, uh, uh, all right, I'll try it, right? And um, and it was really good. Like, I don't watch a lot of horror movies, but it's – so the, the, the whole concept of this one is a girl gets married – into a super, super rich family. They've made all of their money off of um, like this board game empire. And the story goes that, you know, the great, great grandfather was on a pirate ship and figured out this uh, puzzle box with another sailor. And that, you know, they think that sailor was the devil. And so they've always kept this tradition going where, on uh, the night of a marriage when a when a new family member is brought in they have to play the devil's game and you know it, c- it can be something simple or it could be something really convoluted uh, obviously in this situation it's quite co- convoluted and a little bit gory but it was like it, it wasn't quite evil dead but i guess like that's probably not a horrible example like it's i think it's trying to be a little bit serious but it's it, it also is not like I don't know if it was written serious and then they're like, oh, we should just make this like kind of funny, but it has some really funny moments. And the girl is a real badass. Like uh, at the end of the movie, I was like, oh, I really like her. Um, and it was just super entertaining. And again, not, not anything that I expected. So it's very, uh, the most dangerous game. Did you ever have to read or watch that? I don't know. I don't think so. so. The most dangerous game. It's this story where there's this, guy who's you know so fabulously wealthy that he is bored with kind of going on hunts for animals to the safari so he basically kidnaps people and puts them out in the in the land his land and hunts them um and it's the most dangerous game because not only is it for the player the most dangerous game that they could play but in terms of the hunter the most dangerous game that they could go up against is another thinking person uh-huh. um, and it's 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 one we had to read in high school and then there's there's been some movie adaptations there's been some variations I, it's really interesting i don't know did you see that whole um controversy there was another movie that came out right around the same time as this um where basically these rich liberals would kidnap had kidnapped like conservative people and were doing the same thing. They were basically hunting them on their land because uh, they were rich, entitled liberals and they had they had all this money and couldn't afford to do this. Um, but it's all, <laughs> along the same lines. I like that this one has like that twist of like they have to play a game, and it seems like the family's kind of like 
like an yeah the twist family. is that it's not as um I, I would say that the the two variations to that are that there's definitely some um like oh god do we have to do this or like they, they're able to have more fun like there's the aunt that is way into it like like she's hoping it's like a sick twisted game before they even figure out what it's going to be. And then there's like the cokehead daughter who can't figure the, it. It's, it, it's just so worth watching. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to oversell it either. Cause it's stupid. It's stupid. But if you're like <laughs> in the mood to watch a stupid kind of funny, interesting movie, that's, that's the one you want to pick. Cool. Cool. Nice picks. Nice picks. Um, I so along the similar lines did the same thing, Dave. Like I was like, what what movies did I watch this year? Um, and I didn't want to jump out at some of like the big name ones, like Avengers Endgame and stuff. Um, so I watched the movie that I, when I saw the trailers, I was looking forward to because it's a zombie movie and it had Bill Murray in it and it had Adam Driver in it. Um, the movie is The Dead Don't Die, uh, and it really has an awesome cast. It's Bill Murray, Adam Driver, Tilda Swinton. Close, Savini, uh, Steve Buscemi, Danny Clover, Rosie Perez, Iggy Pop. Um, all right, um, so it's got a, it's got a, it's got a big, uh, big ensemble cast, which is, which was fun, um, and it's a zombie movie, and I thought it was going to be along the lines of uh, Zombieland, where it's kind of a little bit funny. Um, this one is dry, a little funny, and there is no happy ending. Um, it was a real twist, like, it, but it also has some wacky stuff where there's also an alien in it as well, or aliens. Um, but yeah, it was it was a fun Spoilers. movie. Yeah, but it uh, <laughs> you'd be surprised the alien doesn't actually spoil anything. It has very little to do with the plot. <laughs> well, so this. This was one that – so it's funny. I had a hard time picking this one because I was going through I, – I had Googled you know, what movies came out just like Dave did. And the thing that stuck out to me this year was how many movies I wanted to see that I didn't get to go see. And um, So what were some of the ones you wanted to see? The Dead Don't Die was, was way uh, out there. And I was trying to go with um, – I go to a lot of movies with, with Matt and Justin and um, – and Dave's wife, wife Shannon too yeah uh, especially horror movies and so we couldn't get everybody to go and then Shannon and I were going to try and go because it was playing in Concord and we, we we just didn't get to make it work so that was one that I didn't see that I really wanted to see and there were a few others um oh one that sticks out that I really wanted to see that I haven't but I noticed it's on I think it's on Prime now it's on one of the platforms I have for free or you know with free with my subscription is uh the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot. I really want to see that <laughs> with Sam Elliott. So um, yeah, I saw. So that that's one that didn't like came and went real quick. Yes, yeah, for sure. It was definitely a smaller independent type one, but um, yeah, I mean with that title and Sam Elliott, I mean I I have to watch that at some point. Yeah, no, I know that's. Uh, I think it's one of those. It looks like it's a uh, remember that movie The Big Fish or Big Fish? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, where it's the, the dad that's a storyteller but it turns out that a lot of those stories were were true. Um that's what that looks like to me. Um but a little more fantastic in the sense that he killed Hitler and also killed Bigfoot the as Bigfoot, well. which indicates there's only one, so I got to right, right. figure out one. what that's figure out what's going yeah. on there. Yeah. 
But it does look like you did get to see at least one movie this year, Ian. I, I did. I, I had a hard time because there were I – saw, I saw a ton of stuff. There were some things I really enjoyed this year. I really liked uh, It, Chapter 2. Um, and I, I saw quite a few movies this year. I saw Midsummer, which I thought was okay. Uh, and, of course, I saw Endgame. But uh, I think ultimately the one that I, I had to go with was the one that I – usually what I'll do is the one that I think – I will end up watching the most or have already watched the most if it's been out for a while. And uh, so this year, I think with that one, uh, I think it's going to be Spider-Man Far From Home, which uh, I, I really liked. Uh, Mysterio is one of my favorite Spider-Man uh, bad guys. I thought Jake Gyllenhaal as the choice for him was, was a good one. I thought the story was good. Uh, I just, I really liked it. We also had a good movie going experience too, because we went to the drive-in to see it. Uh, which was a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, that was kind of amid a, a bunch of movies that I liked, but there wasn't anything that was a slam dunk this year. But um, but I, I did like Spider-Man Far From Home. So I still have yet to see either one of those. Oh, really? Even really? Endgame? You haven't seen Endgame? No, no, no. Spider-Man Homecoming or oh, Spider-Man Far From Home. You haven't Home. seen either Spider-Man movies? Wow. So those are really why. good. They because are they're owned by they're owned by Sony. So they're not they they're not on HBO. They never come to Netflix, so they're not on, on any of the streaming services. I didn't. I was super busy when both of these movies came out um, in the theaters, so I couldn't go. I couldn't go see them. I have a hard time renting movies like that. Like I don't rent a lot of movies because there's so many movies that I either own or I can watch for free that I want to watch that this one just hasn't come up. Now I've watched Black Panther like eight times. I've watched. Um, I think I've watched Endgame three or four, four times, but yeah, I just. This one so it sounds to me like what you're saying is you're wicked fucking lazy. They don't make it easy. I'm not paying to watch it. I don't want to pay to watch it. He's like, I literally walk by Redbox every time I go to the grocery store, oh, and I just cannot be. Bothered. I wouldn't even. Dave, Andy's, yeah, Dave, Andy's here's, not here's renting the, from Redbox. There's yeah, no way. Yeah, Dave. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm. Yeah, there's no way I'm renting from Redbox. I'll, I'll give you the three dollars to get it off Amazon or whatever to to rent it off there because you should you should see both of those or I'll lend you my Blu-rays. I have them on Blu-ray. Oh, you have them on Blu-ray. I totally yeah. watched that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, God. Yeah, you're gonna I'm gonna open put them my... and put them in the thing for him though. Yeah, I'm gonna put my I'll name on them so I get them back though. I am oh, please. Back. I'm not one of those guys. <laughs> Although, oh, you story. should have seen the text messages I got from Ian. I'm pretty sure I gave that to you five. I am still ninety percent sure, especially when you told me you were pretty sure that Ryan that you borrowed Ryan's copy, and I texted Ryan, and he was like, "Absolutely not." <laughs> I, I honestly, there's no way I have it. Like, it doesn't. Oh, you don't have it now, but I think you did. <laughs> it still this doesn't. Is so top you, the... Ian. This is so you. <laughs> it still doesn't uh, top the birthday gift that Ian loaned me. <laughs> that was a that was a, my mistake. That was my mistake. <laughs> Was I that, was, nah, that was still one of the funnier ones. Yeah. Uh, I lend out too much stuff. That's that's the problem. The problem lies with me. Is nice. that I don't. I, I lend out a lot of stuff and I don't pay attention uh, well enough to. So that was uh, yeah. that was my my fault. But right. um, I will. Uh, I'll maybe. Um, I will lend them to you though. Bring it Tuesday. Can you bring it Tuesday? Because then I can watch yes, it over the holiday. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Bring both of those. nice. I got to remember to bring those comic books with Jeremy too. So her obviously Dave a lot still of has my movies. <laughs> obviously a lot of great movies out there this season. Uh, let's keep things moving though. We'll get. I think this one's actually going to be quick. It's interesting that for a group that 
used to play a ton of board games. I don't play. I hardly ever play board games. I haven't played a lot of new ones lately. Um, and two of us gave the same answer for this. Um, and the other one has been talked about a ton as well. So um, I'm gonna. I'll I'll jump it off. Um, I think this is still the only board game I've bought in the last two years. I think like it's not the only game I've bought, but I think it's one of the only board games I've bought in the last two years. And it's Space Base. Uh, in fact, j- just before um, Rich's party last weekend, I bought the expansion. I'm glad I did. Let us play with a few more players. Um, but it's still like I. I came in dead last, and I still had fun playing the entire time. Like I, I honestly thought I had a good strategy going, but I could tell I was losing. And then all of a sudden, I was like, "Wow, man, I really lost!" Like I had like a victory point or two. Um, yeah, so that's that's still been my favorite. And I see it ended up on your list too, as well, Dave. Yeah, I, so I was super torn um, because I there are a couple of games that I really like, but at, at the end of the day. If somebody's if somebody asked me to play, I have yet to be like oh, I'm burnt out, and I've played it I don't know fifty times. Um, I just really like it. I think it's it's fun. It's elegant. I like that. Uh, you know, you don't have to pay a ton of attention. Um, you just kind of like make a decision when it's your turn. You can chit chat with people, I, I, and it's got that little bit of a gambling element that I like. Yeah, I, I just think it's fun. Do you have the expansion, the emergence of Shy Pluto? Yes. All right. Have you used that at all? Yes, it's garbage. I wouldn't get it. <laughs> okay. I mean, uh, here's uh, so it, they released it. I think it'd be great if four of us played that game all the time, and we were like a four-person gaming group, and it, it does have like a little story element so that you can kind of roll out things, and it's got like fighter ships, and you can fight a big boss as a group. Um, I, I don't think for what we enjoy the game to be – it it works. So I actually have been meaning to go through and pick out the cards that I think are fun and either toss the rest or something. But I mean, it's not a bad expansion. It's just not a good expansion for us. Right, because it's interesting because I, I didn't look at it, the, the full rules for the expansion that goes out to uh, seven players. Um, but it wants me to use uh, parts from Shy Pluto. Um and well, I was if you like, tell me which parts, I can just give them to you. <laughs> yeah. you well, no, I don't. Copy. But in the end, like, I don't think you have to. Um, it's just, it's kind of a recommendation. Um, and it, it basically, when you play with seven, just to speed it up, they have you start with a few more cards. Uh, uh-huh. But we played, how many, did we have six? Yeah, we had six. We had right? six, yeah. And I don't think that went any slower than normal for a six-player game like no because you got that many more people rolling the dice and so you can you know score on their turn right Uh, right so yeah it's it it cranks up pretty quickly yeah and we had we had a couple new players too um yeah so that was i thought that i i had fun with that so i'm glad i bought that expansion um i also saw that rich finally got the joke um (laughs) you see that that was (laughs) he found the empty box yes so Uh, yeah, so the, the when you buy the expansion, everything fits in the expansion box. So I left my original space base box empty up on Rich's game shelf. Um, so it, it took him a couple of days, but he found it. It was I was faster than I thought. I I thought it'd be a month or so, but yeah, uh, me too. 
Did you put it somewhere fun, like under the bathroom sink or anything? No, 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 no. I just put it in with all those other games. Oh. So it would look like it was just there. I yeah. think he noticed a second copy is what it was because he, yeah. he owns it. I could have easily put Space Space as my pick, too, because it's probably the one I've played the most over the last year. I actually I played it yesterday uh, after uh, Clark Cup uh, Bubble Hockey ended. We, a lot of people stayed or just came for, for board games. Um, you can tell it's a good game because, uh, again, we're not – I don't think any of us are tired of it, but also on Tuesday after we had played Warcry, uh, a, a – bunch of us were it was me justin dave and greg and we were tired greg's in the middle of excise which is like his super crazy busy season um you know my new job i'm going to bed earlier we we even after that it was like if if we decided if midgard had a store copy of space space that we could throw down we would all stay and play and they did so we so we all even though we're all pretty tired and ready to go home we actually played space space so i think that speaks to the quality of the game uh and just i think like dave said too it's like it is one that you can you have to be paying attention but it's also one that you can just kind of you know goof off and and you know chit chat and stuff too cool but you picked something else this time around ian I did because I knew you guys had picked Space Space, but uh, another one that I wanted to give some love to was one that I know Dave likes a lot, and I've played this one quite a bit because Amy and I play this because it's a two-player game, and that is Dice Throne, which has a, I would call it, uh, like Magic the Gathering meets Yahtzee meets something else that's not like those things, Um, but it's, uh, it's a fun Two-player, you can play multiplayer, which I think multiplayer does not work at all, which is very much like magic. For me, I don't like multiplayer magic. Uh, yeah. You each have a character. Uh, they have a set of dice that do uh, specific things, and they have abilities, and you get your three rolls just like in Yahtzee, and based on what you roll, you can uh, use different abilities, um, and you have a, a deck of cards as well that you can play, and they've put out, so I've basically just been playing on what they call Season 2, which was another eight characters that they put out uh two each in four box sets and the great thing is you can buy one of these 25 dollars box sets and have everything you need and never need to buy anything else if you if you don't want to um so we have a bunch and we mix and match because amy likes the uh the huntress character that has like a, a pet uh, leopard and i like the vampire character and they come in two different ones but uh they mix and match really well Almost every single game of Dice Throne that I've played, either with Amy or other people, is super close. Like you're within each person is within a turn or two of winning uh, at the end. So, um, so that's one I think has uh, a lot of longevity. I think that's one that Amy and I will play quite a bit. We actually played fairly recently. Uh, so yeah, just I, I think and like I said, twenty five dollar price point I, I think is awesome. It's uh, the components are nice, the artwork's nice, the dice uh, are really good. So I just really I really like the game and I think it's. Uh, I think Dice Throne is a very solid game. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I had fun enough playing that one. It just it's when it's head to head games like that. I uh, like I prefer if I'm doing like a like a a non miniature game to not play kind of head necessarily head to head games. Um, I like more group games. Now, Ian, when you said. Uh, you never liked group games of Magic. Um, ironically, this Tuesday I played Magic again. Um, oh, did you play Commander with uh, Rafe? Rafe again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and to be fair, I've not played the Commander um, 
whatever you want to call it format. Uh, I'm just talking like regular multiplayer magic. I think I think it ends up like a lot of those games where people gang up on one person and knock them out, and then it ends up being head to head. So. Yeah, um, I may even bring those commander decks up to uh, Winter Retreat because um, I know Dave likes playing Magic. I and the, oh, I love I love all, Magic. Yeah, I, love I have a play. commander. I have a commander deck too. Yeah, um, and again, I it's funny. Me and Raven have been playing. Um, I still am not good at the game, but there are you can tell that the commander decks are built. To there are a lot of cards in there that are really built to play multiplayer games. Um, that that some of the things are designed to actually run run through uh, as though there was another you know a third or a fourth player there. Um, so that's kind of interesting. So um, yeah, I'll probably bring those up there. That'll be fun. I will play. All right. Um, I am most interested again. Dave, Dave had some great picks. Nothing against you, Ian. Uh, but for the video game ca- category, I've been hearing a lot about your new addiction, Dave. Yeah, um, it's so funny because it's new to me, but everybody else probably played it for thousands of hours. But um, yeah, Rafe bought me a thirty-day subscription to the original classic WoW. Uh, so the original classic WoW released in August, I think. So they, sorry, re-released in August or September, and a couple of the guys jumped in. Like Ryan played a little bit, Greg played a little bit, Christian played a little bit, um, and then Rafe was playing. And Rafe was like, "Play, play." I'm like, "I played these. I never like them. I, you know, I don't want to." Um, and he's like, "I'll buy you a 30 day subscription if you play. Great. If you don't, you know, it's." You know, 15 bucks out of my pocket, like whatever, don't care. And uh, so I was like, well, I'll download it and I'll create a character. And it actually reminded me, Ian, of some of the games that we've been talking about, like um, Divinity, Original Sin, and some of those, um, where it just has a cool, um, you know, it's kind of fun. You create your character, you're leveling up, the quests are, you know, are decent i mean i'm not going to say the story is incredible because it's like open world so it's not quite original sin level but you know i fought dragons i fought lich lich lords i've uh you know it's just fun i I am really enjoying it i played uh world of warcraft when it came out um i've i've never really got into a ton of the mmos the only one the one i played the most and the longest was city of heroes um, which, you know, I'm obviously a comic book guy. I, I had a, a really good time with that. I played that for maybe a year. Um, but World of Warcraft, when that came out, I played I played for probably five or six months, and I, I did really enjoy it. It's just I, I have a hard time keeping up with that stuff. And, and when you start playing with friends and then they're not playing anymore or they play way more than you, that's what happened with me is I had friends I was playing with, and they were able to put much more time into it, and I'd go back on and I'd be level 10, and they're like 30 or something. So Right. Um, but I, I did. I did really enjoy it when it came out. Yeah, I I um I do believe it has a shelf life. Uh, I put it at three months. Um, I think I think I'll get about three months out of fun, and then I'll probably be done. Uh, I've already like I've got a so the the levels go up to sixty. So I have a fifty-one level character, and I've already started a second character that's at nineteen, just because I wanted to try something a little bit different. So I've got like a a hunter who's like throws out tons of damage and is total solo. 
badass and then i created a priest who really can't hurt anybody but if i can get into a party people love having me because i can heal and help everybody keep going and um you know so that that's been kind of fun um but i i can also see how the game gets a little bit um not boring and repetitive is not necessarily the right word but i could just kind of see how eventually you're like okay like i i don't want to like run around anymore you know that's what happened to me is i i never could get into the the group style games where you had to have people to kind of run um you know run and i also wasn't going to just join up with random people um so that's once i got to a certain point where i couldn't couldn't really do dungeons or whatever on my own i i was out i you know I would try, and there's a lot. I'll give that game credit. There's a lot you can do without ever kind of ganging up with somebody. But right. at a certain point, you have to. Otherwise, it's just it's not as much fun. And that wasn't that wasn't my scene. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah, no. That, so that's interesting to like that you out of everybody, you're the one who kind of stuck with it. Uh, right. Because it seems like the rest of them are done already. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, I'll go quick, um, and then I'll turn it over to you, Ian. Um, it, my, um, mine was the Division 2. Um, I really liked the first Division. Um, I think besides Battletech, which Ian's going to talk about, that's the one that I've been pl- I played the most. Um, I was trying to pick something that wasn't on my uh, PC. Um, but that's that has been a i like kind of that looter shooter type thing um in fact what i put on my kind of christmas list was borderlands and outworld um which are two other kind of xbox looter shooters that i want to i want to try to play um soon but i i have fun with it i can i don't have to play with someone else but if i do i have fun playing so I really like it, and I'm ho- I'm pretty sure it should be right after the new year they'll drop their PVE element, which was my favorite part of the original division. So it had a whole element that you were basically had a, an infection, and it was cold outside, so you couldn't stay outside for too long without getting frost like freezing to death. And you also oh, it's so like to, a survival mode. It's a survival mode, but you're still it's still a shooter too. So yeah, they're supposed to be adding that to the, the new one as well. So yeah. Um, and then Ian, you put it on Battletech, which I've also been playing a ton of. Yeah. I, uh, I know I've talked about it. It's, it's the perfect mix for me because I, I do like that Battletech universe and, um, have been playing a lot of the Battletech tabletop game and I loved XCOM as well in that style of um, uh, strategy and turn-based game, which feels very much like playing a, a tabletop um, miniatures game. So the combination uh, was, was a no-brainer for me. But the, the actual gameplay is super addictive. It's one of those games where I feel like, oh, you know, one more mission. Let me do one more mission. And um, I just love the the salvage aspect. You can... 
Um, when you negotiate contracts to do a job, you can pick more money and less salvage or vice versa. And by salvaging stuff, you can actually build um, – you know, whole mechs. Like I, and I have pretty heavy duty mechs at this point. I have my Lance right now is like a 95 ton, an 85, an 85, and an 80. I have like a, uh, I'm trying to think of what I have right now. I have a, I have a Warhammer. I have a, um, a Marauder. Uh, I just got a Stalker. Uh, I'm like one piece away from having a Black Knight. So I have a ton of big, heavy-duty, just crushing mechs right now. And uh, the gameplay is, is, I love that it's turn-based, but it's also super satisfying, like when you blow an arm off another mech or something like that. It's the I think the animations are pretty good. Um, and, uh, the, you know, the map missions are pretty varied and, and different. You get some cool environments where the, you're like in a cityscape and you're blowing up buildings. And uh, it's just super fun. And I've, I've had a ton of fun playing it and i put a, a lot of hours into it so I'm, and i'm still really enjoying it now are you playing the campaign at all yes i'm i'm that's all i've played so far is the campaign now have you finished it no but i'm part of the reason i haven't finished it i'm i'm advancing quicker now i had a mission that i was have a priority mission within the storyline that i was having a, a super hard time with and so finally i just had to say i'm just going to travel around do a bunch of jobs that I know I can do until I have bigger mechs that can that can handle it. There's a priority mission in the storyline where you have to destroy a ship, uh, like a um, before it gets off planet, and another drop ship comes in with a whole like second lance of heavy duty mechs, including an Atlas. Uh, so you or uh, no, I take that back. It's not an atlas, but it's something big, like the biggest thing you've faced. And I had a super hard time getting past that mission. So finally, I just you know built up my max and went back and finished it. And then now that I have you know some some really huge ass kicking max, I can I, most of the missions I'm able to handle pretty easily with with minimal um, injuries or damage to my max. Yeah, I um I finished the main mission. Um now i'm free to do whatever i want um now i'm to the point where i can play you know for a while but then i get i actually get bored gets repetitive after a while to me yeah justin's just playing the career mode where you're just like a a mercenary mech jockey yeah i did that too for a little bit just to because that's more of a how well can you do in a certain point of time i even tried to do um there are four lights um which is just using lights and seeing how far I could get. And depending on what ones you get, you can get pretty far using those guys. Um, yeah, but that's I, – I definitely have fun with it because, like you said, it's that top-down view. Now, Dave, do you know what came out um, at the beginning of this month? Your brother? <laughs> yep. No, Phoenix, Phoenix Point. Okay, so let me just tell you in what I consider to be uh, very exciting news. No, um, so I reached out to to Will, who's been my like cohort in that, and he was like, uh, he's like, I'm like, did you get it? He's like, nah. He's like, it's all like crabs and crustaceans, and I just couldn't get into it. And um, so I have, I have no idea what you're doing. About the game? Yeah, I, I, well, I don't know what that game is, and then now you're talking about crabs and crustaceans. And so I'm Phoenix like... Point is the like 
uh, it, it's the reinvention. It's it's XCOM lovers. So anybody who loved XCOM has been following Phoenix Point. It's been funding and in development for two or three years. They've had beta access. We've talked about it a ton. It's it's the it's the new XCOM game. And what happens is the the their twist on the on the game is that the monsters actually adapt to you. So if you build up tons of heavy weapons, then the monsters actually like evolve and get bigger armor. If you are a sniper, then they might evolve like anti-sniper long range weapons or something. Uh, But I haven't, I haven't had anybody who's actually played. So I haven't dropped the money on it and I've had other stuff to play. So I've kind of been like, well, I'm not going to push myself to go dig into it. But if anybody's played it and loves it, I'd love to know because I was super excited about it. But I figured if Will didn't buy it, that's not the best indication. Yeah, um, it's not getting the most stellar reviews, um, so I'm a little worried about it. Yeah, because um, again, I think he's—it's one of those things where he's almost trying to make some reinvent the wheel i guess um but not reinvent the wheel like um evolve a product that maybe didn't necessarily need to evolve like you know the move from xcom to xcom 2 wasn't wasn't that big um i think they just refined some of the better points um and i think it's one of these things where he went out of studio because i'm not even sure who it's not snapshot games it's not even a studio that i know that well you know what i mean like so right yeah. right yeah because it was crowdfunded yeah and sometimes that turns out well BattleTech game we love it but yeah we'll um we'll see we'll see it's only getting yeah. like a 74 on metacritic so yeah so i'm kind of waiting i'm hoping that it'll hit a sale or something will happen but yeah i'm kind of I'm I'm meh on it, which it sounds like the rest of the world is man, and I'm sure I'll play it at some point. But I just I didn't want to drop in for fifty bucks. Yeah, yeah. But I wanted to mention that since that's uh, that was one that we uh, we all liked. Yeah. All right. Um, not Ian. Apparently. Not Ian. Ian like yeah, XCOM. I, I do like XCOM. I just but I wasn't I was, hadn't heard much about anything new. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. That'll. Yeah, that's not even one that I put on my wish list. All right, um, let's uh, let's keep moving along here. Um, that takes us to um, video games, and then we have. Um, I didn't know how else to describe this, but I just put it as tabletop games. Um, so I figured, you know, we could that would cover kind of any of the any of the things that weren't uh, the board games that we've been playing. So any of the kind of miniature based ones. And you guys both picked Warcry, and I know you talked a little bit about it at the at the top of the show during roll call. I changed mine. Oh, you did? Sorry, <laughs> yeah. I didn't see it change. Would you change it to it? Uh, just forty k, which we don't even need to talk about because that's what we talked about last time. But hey, but, that's funny. But just well, because I knew, like, I talked about it, and Dave can talk about Warcry more. But you know, that's obviously what I've played the most this year, so that made the most sense. So, and I'm still having fun with it. So, that was my pick. It's funny because I I had that. When I was asked, I was going to say, really, I should have put 40K because that's still where I have like the most armies in process. It's a game that I still have fun with and I hope doesn't slip too far off the radar because um, I'm not one of those players who like can just pick it up and remember like I, I need to stay practiced in it or I 
really kind of lose track of it. Uh, the only, the reason I put War Cry is because I do have to admit it's 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 kind of the new and fun, the most new and fun game. Um, and I, and I you know I've been painting and I anytime I'm doing a lot of painting that gets me excited. Um, so I really like that, but I'm also excited for what you put Andy. So since we've talked about those other two things, I think you should mention yours again. Yeah. So me and Dave did talk about this once before, but I put down Rangers of uh, shadow deep. Um, and I, I picked them mostly, even though 40 K has been the big game. This is my kind of only new, uh, tabletop mini game that I really, really liked. Um, <laughs> again, it's, it's a, it's the perfect mix of miniature and RPG for me, um, in the sense that you're you're building a little kind of group of rangers. You you have your main ranger character, and then you hire on some other little guys. It plays up to four. There's a the writers have done a great job of making a whole set of scenarios for it. And most importantly, nobody has to be the GM. Nobody has to be the bad guy. It's not head to head. It's all cooperative. Um, and I. I love playing cooperative miniature games um, or just ones that we don't, I don't have to kind of go head to head with somebody sometimes because it makes it, it, it makes it feel like an RPG to me. Um, and it gives me that. <sighs> I like, I like combat in D and D, but I sometimes get annoyed when D and D is all combat. Um, Ridges of shadow deep. It lets me have that kind of combat element of role playing, uh, without, you know, without a heavy role-playing element. And they do a fantastic job of having an AI. The monsters are, they attack you if they can. If they can't, they move to block you from getting your goal. Um, it's a very simple system. And I, it, and the other thing, too, is there's no, I don't have to buy miniatures. Like, you're just using existing miniatures that you own. Um, right. Speaking of which, we need, to, we need to get a list together because I really want – I'm looking forward to playing this very much at Winter Retreat, but I really want to have fully painted like I'll, I'll share it out. I'll share it out. I've got the list. Yeah. Dave, Dave, have the list of what you need for, for each of the sessions so we could do that. Perfect. And that's one of the reasons why I'm trying to paint out some of the houses and some of the um, castle stuff too. Well, not castle, but terrain stuff too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm super excited to play that. Yeah. Um, now, along those same lines, uh, Dave and I, I don't know if you, did you, I don't think you signed up. Did you mean to play uh, Frostgrave's Ghost Archipelago? Oh, no, at Adepticon, I did not. Um, I probably will come by and hang out um, because um, I do like Frostgrave and it looks like it's, you know, it's pretty much Frostgrave, but with a little bit different theming to it. Uh, so, but I'm, uh, I didn't want to commit to anything. But yep. I, you know, if I don't have anything else going on, I'll definitely come by and, and uh, watch you guys play. Yeah, I'm super excited about that, Dave. It sounds like you've even started to make your 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 group. Yeah, so I, um, I made uh, my mini on Hero Forge, and I sent it to Terrace, and Terrace used that visual to pick all of my character powers and like a little backstory, um, which I guess is what somebody did for him. So that was super fun. Um, and it was yeah, kind of nice. He sent me an email today too. I kind of wanted to try to keep my what I picked as a, a warband team um, secret, but I'll, I'll share I'll share my heritor with uh, <laughs> with Terrace, and then you you guys will see what I ended up doing. 
Um, but I'm super excited about that. Uh, I, I bought well, I bought the PDF and then I bought the hardcover. And I actually bought some some new models for it too. Um, so I'm super super excited for that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that'll be a fun day. I didn't real. I thought it was like a two or three hour game. I didn't realize it was like an eight hour thing, but I'm sure it'll be fun. I didn't realize it was eight hours either. But <laughs> uh, the only thing I was disappointed was the only other thing I wanted to try at Adepticon this year. Um, I was gonna go. I was gonna try to do the Arena Rex tournament just because to, I have oh, nice. every single fucking model. So excuse me. Um, so that's gonna, all right. We each get one. Dave already used his. I'll, yeah. I'll save mine for later. Yeah. So, uh, but it's it's before the Frostgrave's uh, Ghost Archipelago thing, um, and it's that's like an all day thing too. So there's no there's no way I can do both. So yeah. uh, another time uh, I might. Yeah. But that's still one of my favorite tabletop ones too because that's so simple. Like, and it's just fun to. It's funny that that doesn't come out more because I have all that crap too. But I'd bring that up to because that's an easy one for me to transport up to main too because I have a I have a mat that is an arena. I wouldn't even have to bring the full full arena, right? Uh, But that's an easy one to yeah to roll dice on too. Um, Yeah, so some fun new uh, tabletop games that are out there. Um, For the last category, um, I'm gonna let Ian, go first, because I want to hear more about how Dungeon Crawl Classics is going. I'm having super fun with Dungeon Crawl Classics. We've done two sessions now uh, with uh, Jericho as our judge, uh, a.k.a. Game Master for DCC. We have uh, Dave is in the group, Justin's in the group, um, Jeremy is in the group, Steve is in the group, Rafe is in the group, and then Jericho running it. Uh, I don't think I forgot anybody. If I did, I'm sorry, it's late. Uh, but uh, I, first off, I love the system. It's very old school, but also very random. There's tons of tables and stuff. It is absolutely not a game for min-maxers and power gamers because there's just too much random <laughs> stuff to it. But uh, I just absolutely love it, and I, I loved seeing our zero level characters um you know they've now made it to level one and and actually we're playing tomorrow night at the first for the first time at level one so they've actually become you know whatever class they're going to be so now we we kind of get to start the next step of um you know going along and and leveling them up and um kind of getting into the unique aspects of each character class and everything so uh, I'm just having a, a ton of fun with it. I, I like the group. It's a mix of people that I've played a ton of RPGs and also people uh, that I haven't played as many with. So um, that's been fun. I think Jericho's doing a great job as the as the GM. Uh, I've just I love the system. I love you know just the the crazy dice. I, I didn't think I I thought it was gimmicky at first, but now I actually really like how it works. Uh, I'm just I'm just having a ton of fun with it. I'm really really enjoying it, and I'm super excited to play again tomorrow. What about you, Dave? Because I know you've been playing in that too. Yeah, I I love well, I love the first. Uh, I mean, the first two sessions were really the first mission, and I loved it. The whole idea of like a game where you bring I don't know three to six characters and walk out with two because um, that's what lived. Like that's pretty awesome. That, that's really fun. But uh, I, I don't know. I'm curious to see how tomorrow goes because, like, now all of a sudden your character, like, 
there's a little bit of freedom in knowing that your character's going to die. And now that I've got a character that I actually care about, I'm kind of like, Oh, I don't know. Like, how am I going to feel about that? Um, so yeah, but I, I am very excited to, to play tomorrow and the group is fun. The, the group's really, um, it's a good group. You know, Mike Taylor's in it. And oh, um, Mike, I forgot Mike. Sorry, Mike. Yeah. You said Mike, I thought. Oh, did I? No, I think I missed him. Anyway. But anyway, one of the funny things about Mike is like, so in the game, like, it's really hard to kill somebody. Like, people were literally trying to climb a rope and they fell and died. And um, Mike's like, well, I'll run in the room and stab him with my spear and does eight damage and kills a guy and turns around and like stabs another. I, I think he killed seven guys the first night. Um, but it was, it was extremely heroic. Like it wasn't like, it wasn't like when we go, you know, into a village and kill everyone instead of like negotiating for food. Um, <laughs> not that that's ever happened, but, um, yeah, we murder hobo a lot. Yeah. But, um, but I, so I'm excited to see how tomorrow, but I feel like it's going to be different, but maybe it won't, maybe it'll be just as fun. Oh, and Jericho is really good. Like he's not a, he's not a yes GM. He's not a no GM. Um, he's not, he doesn't put you on rails and he's, but he's also not afraid to be like, okay, like this is dragging on, let's move on kind of thing, you know? Um, so I, I enjoy, I enjoy his way of GMing. So that's, that's been really fun. Cool, cool. And Dave, you put on their uh, riffs. Yeah, because that's just what has to happen. Okay. You didn't actually play any riffs this year, though, did you? Uh, I didn't, but I uh, I periodically pull the books out and read through them and think about putting a, a game together and then decide that I'm not going to do that. You know I have, because they rebooted it in the in the uh sorry in the uh savage world settings i have all those books i know i know but who wants to sit around and play riffs really who's got time for that <laughs> you um, I know. well you don't I... have time but yeah yeah i put D D. i've still been having fun with that and then something i mentioned to ian um at rich's party and that i was able to convince rafe um i want to say two years ago i bought um a full deluxe version of fantasy grounds, the tabletop, um, the virtual tabletop, uh, tool. Um, really? Oh yeah. Not only did I buy myself a full license, I also bought three player licenses as well. They had like a package deal that you could, you could do. Um, so what I realized is I want to do it. I want to use it. Um, but I, we're all so busy that I didn't want to try it with a large group first. So something that I didn't realize happened this year is Wizards put out a new, basically, starter set. Um, and that new starter set has a set of rules that allow you to run um, campaigns for one, for one other person. So oh, if you, wow. Because they have a sidekick rule. So you basically, there's sidekicks that you, you pick and level up. Um, so it's, it's, so you're not actually playing with one person. You're playing with one and then another person that either the DM runs the sidekick or the player runs the sidekick um, or a little bit of both. But then that way, there's at least two characters in there. And they actually, in 
they then have a set of adventures that'll take that'll take you from like I think one to six or a little bit higher, um, maybe a little bit higher. Um, so I convinced Rafe that we would, uh, as we move into the new year, we would pick a, at least one day a month, and I'm going to run him through. I'm going to try for more, but run him through that adventure um, using the single player single player rules. And then if I get good with fantasy grounds. I looked at it as another way that we could play with some of our friends that are not in here. Like it would be awesome to role play with Dan Roberts or Pat, right. Dan, um, Pat, Terrace. Yeah. Yeah. A, yeah. Right. So yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So we, I, I don't know if I'd be able to do everybody, but, um, I would, it's definitely because when you start talking about Dan Roberts and, and Terrace, you're starting to talk about multiple time zones and stuff too. But I'm sure we could we could figure something out. But I want to get good at it first. So um, yeah, so I've been playing around with that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna force Rafe to play with me. Let's I do thought. that. But it's first edition. <laughs> <laughs> I had a good time playing first edition on the on the D and D tour. Yeah, I um. So it's you know what's funny is Dungeon Crawl Classic is on Fantasy Ground. Like I, Ooh, buy, I would yeah. do that. I would do that. Yeah, but I but the problem with that is I'm not as familiar with it. So, like I've 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 GM'd D and D fifth before, so I can I can do that. I just need to figure out how to do it a little smoother on Fantasy Grounds, and then I'll try that. Um, because the other thing too is a, there's a player learning curve too. Yeah, um, that's true. So I want now Rafe has actually used either Fantasy Grounds or another one of them before. He played in a in one with Doc. Um, so I figured he'd be my good test subject, and he's also <sighs> I love Rafe to death, but I figured he'd be a good test subject <laughs> to put it. If something can be broken or, or taken in a wonky direction, it, it, Rafe will do it. So. Right, right. So that's yeah, that's basically what I said to him too. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, there'll there'll be more about that, but that's why I put I kind of put D and D on there so I could I could mention that, um, just because that's that's still I, I must have I bought at least three other RPGs this year. Um, because I bought the old school, um, that, that Kickstarter, that Kickstarter. Um, I bought there's a zombie one that I bought now. I'm spacing on the name of it. Um, Outbreak. Yeah. Yep. Thanks, Dave. Um, which I know, Dave, you talked about it, and I poo pooed it when you talked about it, but I was wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think it. <laughs> yeah, I think it looks fun. Yeah. Um, it is crunchy though. It is, it's extremely crunchy, um, but it looks fun, and I like, I like the idea of it. Um, so, yeah, we'll uh, we'll find out. We'll do. We'll see. We'll see what happens in the new year. But yeah, I think that brings us to the end of our Thunderdome. Um, I had a fun. I always have a fun time talking about like what what we've been doing, um, and kind of what was our favorite things for the year. And I'm looking forward to next month um, and talking a little bit about maybe some uh, resolutions about how how we make 2020 an excellent an excellent year in gaming for the for the nerd herders. I think that takes us 
to the end of end of our show. Yay, end of show. This is the end. This is the end, my oh, friend. Dave, Dave with a Doors reference. Wow, yeah. I was not expecting that. Uh, for uh, New Year's resolution, spoiler, uh, I will resolve to um, not blame Dave anymore for my missing Blade Runner DVD. <laughs> That's fine. I'm just going to go watch it and enjoy myself. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon and I watch it every Sunday after Nerd Herders. And just like, fuck that Ian. There, I got mine in. Yeah. <laughs> and then throws it up. No, dude, because we made a whole joke about throwing it on the ground. Uh, or using using the, all the discs as coasters. Yes, that was it. That was it. Oh, yeah, because that's an extended one. Yeah, Yeah, it's got, it's got like four different versions. Uh, oh, well. It's obviously my fault because I don't know where it is. So I'll double go. check to make sure I don't have it. Would don't bother. He won't. You could hand it to him, and he'll still be like, "Nah, Dave's got it for sure." <laughs> you got this from Dave, didn't you? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's yeah. I and I'm our buddy. We, I won't mention his name, but we have a, a friend that does that a lot too. And I've I do feel bad because I'm I'm being like him with it. But he he is notorious for leaving things places, and then. He becomes like I am. He becomes convinced that a specific person has it, and then does not believe that they don't have it. And then he finds it. Um, he he was missing an entire 40k army that he had left at the store, <laughs> and was calling and asking he, he, or texting each of us to be like, "Oh, you didn't happen to grab that?" It's like, no, I don't have your orc army. <laughs> I really wish you could have seen. I was like working, and I get these texts that are like. Hey, do you have the Blade Runner? And I'm like, no, nah, I just looked through my stack. I don't have it. Well, how did you watch it that before the thing? I'm like, I, I don't remember. I'm pretty <laughs> sure you borrowed it. And I'm like, I, I don't have it. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, no, I'm still pretty sure you have it. I'm like, I, I, Do you want me to buy you a new one? I, I don't know what you want. And then it just, I and I knew. I actually went upstairs and I'm like, oh my God, this is, I'm like, and the, this isn't going to end with Ian. I can tell from his tone. And I love that you're like, oh, yeah, no, I called Ryan. And, like, Ryan was like, no. And I checked a couple cameras. And I'm pretty sure I saw it in the passenger seat of the car. I was like, oh, for Christ's sake. You were working at 9 o'clock at night? See, this yep. hole's in your story. I work with people in Taiwan. I work with people in Ireland. I work 24 hours a day, baby. All right. I'm letting it go. I'm letting There's it go. work 24 hours a day. Dave did not work for 24 hours. <laughs> there are 24 hours a day that I could choose to work. <laughs> There's a lot of holes in that story. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, the least likely, that's the least likely part of this whole thing was Dave working. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of holes in that story. <laughs> oh, perfect. All right, so no, no copies of Blade Runner were heard in the making of this episode? <laughs> All right, let's close it out, Ian. you gotta, you got to give us our nobody. <laughs> we're, we're, we're done with that. Uh, thank you, guys. <laughs> that was fun. I like revisiting the uh, the year that was. Um, and hopefully we'll get some Alex Brothers back. But uh, anyway, <laughs> we yeah, thanks to Andy again for getting us on track and, and doing the the work to organize the recordings. We've recorded like three consecutive months now. That's that's pretty impressive considering how sparse we had become. So thanks to Andy for doing that. And uh, thanks for to Dave for being here. And thanks to you for listening. The Nerd Herders will be back next month. Until then, let your geek flag fly. 
You've been listening to Nerd Herders, a part of the Freebooters Network. All song and movie clips are the property of their respective owners, and no challenge of ownership is implied. We use those clips because we're fans, so please don't sue us. Please check out our sponsor, Geek Nation Tours. You can find us on Twitter, at Nerd Herders Show, and on Facebook, under the Nerd Herders Podcast. You can also reach us by email at hosts at nerdherderspodcast.com. Special thank you to our editor and producer, Justin Steno-Alex. No no copies of Blade Runner were heard in the making of this episode. <laughs> 